This is Thoughts from the Metal Cavern, where only one opinion matters, and it's not yours. G'day there, and welcome to today's episode of Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. And today is the third, and I do promise this time, the final part of my favourite top ten episodes of Seinfeld. Now, I know I said that last episode, but it just went a little bit longer than I thought it was going to. So I thought, well, we'll just ease up and we'll make a third episode. It gives me an extra week off where I don't have to think of a subject to come up with, and we go forward from there. Um, listen, thanks to everyone who's listened to the episode so far. Um, apparently, the first episode was well-received, uh, except uh, I got lots of comments back from my mother who chose not to say that she enjoyed the episode or thought it was worthwhile listening to, but instead listed all of the things that I had actually gotten wrong in that episode. So no praise for a well-thought-out episode, just things like it was Master of the House from uh, Les Miserables that George is whistling and not uh, the from uh, The Man of La Mantra, which I think I said in that episode. And I think there was something else I said as well that she then said that I had uh, mistakenly said. So it's always nice to have your errors pointed out. Um, sometimes it would be nice if you got the, you know, perhaps, well, and again, maybe my mother didn't enjoy the episode. So perhaps that's why she didn't say it. So today we move forward and we have the final three series of Seinfeld, series seven, eight and nine to go through today. And of course, we still have two episodes to reveal in my top 10 Seinfeld episodes ever. So enough of me lollygagging and gasbagging and all those kind of words that make no sense and are probably not part of the English language. Let's get stuck into today's episode of the top 10 Seinfeld episodes ever, right here on Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. So we start today at the start of Season 7, and Season 7 is all about George and Susan's engagement. And this rhymes through from the first episode to the final episode, and, and it really does make for a lot of hilarity along the way. So of course we start off with Season 1 episode, Season 7, sorry, Episode 1, which is the engagement, and this really did come close to making this list of top 10 episodes. Uh, obviously, Jerry and George are sitting there in the, co- in the coffee shop and decide that life's just not working and that they need to make a change to their life. Of course, Kramer then talks Jerry out of it. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a prison, a man-made prison. But George, of course, has gone ahead with what he's decided to do, and he's gone and asked uh, Susan to marry him. So they get engaged, and of course, George then finds out that uh, he's backed out of it, and of course, comes the line, we had a pact, 
We shook on it. We shook hands. And that comes up pretty much a dozen times during the season. Uh, also, that episode, which is why it was so good, was Elaine and the dog that wouldn't stop barking. Uh, and Kramer said, do you want to get rid of this dog? I know a person. Of course, it turns out to be Newman, who obviously hates dogs because he's a postman. Terrific episode and uh, lots of fun all the way through, which is followed by episode two, The Postponement, where George, of course, can't cannot commit to uh, being getting married so soon. Uh, and... The only way he finds to change that is to start crying like a little girl. So that's what he does. It's also the episode where Jerry finally gets to see Plan 9 from Outer Space on the big screen. Now remember, in our first best episode, the Chinese restaurant, that was where the three of them were going to go. They go see Plan 9 from Outer Space on the big screen. Of course, that didn't work out. It happens here again. But this time he goes with Kramer. And if you remember, Kramer actually buys a coffee and takes it in with him, uh, which is an outside coffee. And, of course, he weren't allowed to do that kind of stuff in the movies, as we all know. Uh, and, of course, Kramer spills on it himself. Jerry gives him up. <laughs> but Kramer says he's found, a, he's found a lawyer who reckons he can get millions of dollars in compensation because the coffee was too hot. And, of course, Jerry says, coffee's supposed to be hot. And Kramer goes, not that hot. Oh, just beautiful. Which leads us into episode three, which is The Maestro. And it does involve Jackie Childs coming in as Kramer's um, lawyer and his attorney who's going to get him all his money. The Maestro, of course, um, insists on being called The Maestro, even though that's not his name. Barb. Barb's his name. Uh, Barb Cobb, in fact. And he actually gives Kramer a balm that he ends up using on his burn. So the, the burn goes and Jackie Charles says, what about the balm? What is it? I didn't tell you who's the balm. Who's the balm? The maestro? Who's this guy? And of course, then they go into the um, hearing and the coffee place sort of said, we are willing to offer you free coffee at any of our yards for life. And, and of course, Kramer says, deal. And... Jackie Charles, I want to hear what came after that. What the end? What was the other bit? But of course, it didn't matter. Kramer now has signed off and he gets free coffee for life. You know, I can get as many coffees as I like. I get a bit of And the other part of the episode, of course, is that the maestro, of course, says that he's going to go to Tuscany and he'll take Elaine to Tuscany. And Jerry says, oh, oh Tuscany, that's gross. And he said, you're not thinking of going, eh? Because there's no room there. There's no, there's nothing, nothing here to rent in Tuscany. Uh, of course, which Jerry gets around and finds a place. And at the end of the episode, ends up turning up exactly where Barb Carb and Elaine are staying in Tuscany. Fantastic. And then we go to episode five. We'll jump one. The hot tub. How good was this with Jean Paul? Jean Paul, the marathon runner who had missed the start of the Olympic race because he had slept in. And he said, no, no, it wasn't. It was not the snooze, AMPM, you know, and the snooze button and all that stuff. And so, of course, Jerry takes it on board to say that he's going to make sure that Jean-Paul Jean-Paul gets to the race on time. Uh, Kramer, of course, gets the big hot tub in. Uh, he ends up falling asleep in it. And, of course, the, the, the electricity goes out, or actually his hot tub blows the electricity, he's in there in freezing cold water, so of course he gets a cold. Um, and so then he gets a, a big power pack for the hot tub. And 
Then the power outage, of course, stops all the clocks in Jerry's place. So, of course, Jean-Paul, Jean-Paul is going to turn up late. But he doesn't. He gets there and he's running and he's out there in front and he's going really well and he grabs Kramer's coffee instead of the cold drink and that puts him out of the race. So what a great opening to the season overall. The first, those first episodes, every single one of them is terrific in its own way. Each character has their own way of getting into the storyline and it's brilliant. And it leads us to my next terrific episode, favourite all-time episode, Season 7, Episode 6, the Soup Nazi. Medium turkey chili. Medium crab bisque. I didn't get any bread. Just forget it. Let it go. Um, excuse me. Uh, I think you forgot my bread. Bread? Two dollars extra. Two dollars? But everyone in front of me got free bread. You want bread? Yes, please. Three dollars! What? No soup for you! This is a classic episode, and obviously Elaine stars in this episode. She's absolutely fantastic. Julia Louis-Dreyfus does a magnificent job in this episode. Um... So much so that the rest of the episode, which is still all intertwined, sort of takes a back seat. Um, obviously, the Soup Nazi is a, a, a new place that Jerry has discovered with Kramer, uh, where you have to go into this soup shop and you have to have it line up a, special, a certain way. Uh, always go in, then go to the right, then two steps forward, put your money on the table... Uh, ask for what you want, two things to the left, get your change, get your soup, walk out. And if you don't do it that way, then the soup Nazi is going to take you apart. And all of that is beautifully done uh, with each different people that come in. Of course, uh, George, the first time he goes in, he stuffs it up because he didn't get any bread and he asks for bread and he says, that's it, no soup for you, on your way. <coughs> And Jerry's telling me how fantastic the soup is. And, uh, so, of course, George has to go back down again, and he does so, and uh, he gets bread, and he says, oh, bread, thank you. <laughs> You're pushing your luck, little man. <laughs> uh, but Elaine doesn't go the first time because she sees this armoire on the side of the road that's being sold, so she buys it uh, and wants to get it delivered to her apartment, but they can't do it because it's a Sunday, and they only do it on a Monday. So Kramer, of course... Uh, decides he's going to stay out and uh, look after the armoire for 24 hours. But, of course, he gets robbed and held up and he gets taken away and that's the end of that. Meanwhile, Elaine has gone down to the Supernazi and being Elaine, she just says, oh, I don't have to do the way you're supposed to do it and carries on as she does. And then she gets told, that's it. No soup for you. Come back one year. And she can't believe it and can't believe that he's allowed to do this kind of thing. So all of this is going on, and it's just fantastic. Meanwhile, Jerry's girlfriend, they have a lot of affection. Um, it's very uh, schmoopy, I think is the word they use. Schmoopy, oh, you're, you're schmoopy. And of course, George and Elaine hate that and tell him how awful it is. Uh, so much so that when they go to the Soup Nazi, and she's doing this to Jerry in line, and the Soup Nazi says, what's going on in my line? And his girlfriend 
tells him, oh, we're going to leave. We're leaving, Jerry. And Jerry says, do I know you? (laughs) As George then says, so you spurned a girlfriend for soup. (laughs) And eventually they make up in the coffee shop, and that's when Susan and George turn up. And then because George hates it so much and, and they're back together again, he decides to start doing the same to Susan to show Jerry how awful it is. But all it does is that Susan loves it and expects George to do it all the time. And George is now trapped in having to show that affection out in public all the time. And of course, Jerry then breaks up with his girlfriend again. He just said, we just weren't there. But you too, you're there. And that's great to see. (laughs) So George, once again, gets the old screw job. We end up, of course, uh, Kramer tells the soup Nazi that uh, his friend has had this armoire but it got stolen and he said look Kramer you've been so good to me there's an armoire in my basement you can have it and so he did Kramer takes it delivers it to Elaine's place Elaine goes down to thank the soup Nazi and of course he then says if I knew it for you I would have smashed it to pieces and so she walks out and of course in the armoire is all of the soup Nazi's recipes and so she goes back for that last Beautifully marvellous scene where she confronts the soup Nazi with his recipes and it's just a fantastic finish to the episode. Of course, the soup Nazi then goes out of business and says, that's it, I'm done. And we see at the end uh, Newman and Jerry trying to get pots because he's giving away all the soup. Fantastic. Just so good. Uh, Wonderful episode. And like I said, Elaine's monologue at the end is just absolutely fantastic. And... Easily, quite easily, one of the top ten episodes of the Seinfeld series. Go on, leave, get out! But I didn't do anything. Next! Hello. You, you think you can get soup? Please, you're wasting everyone's time. I don't want soup. I can make my own soup. Five cups, chopped porcini mushrooms, half a cup of olive oil, three pounds celery. That is my recipe for wild mushroom. Yeah, that's right. I got them all. Cold cucumber, corn and crab chowder, mulligatani. Mulligatani. You're through, soup Nazi. Back it up. No more soup for you. So the remainder of season seven is also just brilliant. The very next episode, in fact, uh, episode seven is the secret code, and we all know that George's secret code for his um, ATM card is Bosco, and the story that he told Jay Peterman's mother and told her the code, and he finally felt so good that he told someone, and of course then she died crying out Bosco and. Then the fire, and the only way he could get the person out of the ATM vestibule was by giving his card and then the code. All of that is just brilliant. And George, once again, gets brought undone by his own, <laughs> own foibles. Fantastic. And then episode eight is The Pool Guy, where Elaine actually invites Susan out because she doesn't have any other girlfriends to go out with. And this is absolutely Brilliant. The, the George's greatest monologue, all about you know, worlds colliding and, and um, 
and then Kramer having to explain it to Jerry about what Worlds Colliding was all about, that if Susan comes into the thing. And look, it's brilliant. And rather than, I mean, I could get the copy of it and play it here again, but just the words are, which I've written down, which is, you have no idea of the magnitude of this thing. If she is allowed to infiltrate this world, then George Costanza, as you know him, ceases to exist. You see, right now, I have relationship George. But there is also independent George. That's the George you know. The George you grew up with. Movie George. Coffee shop George. Liar George. Bawdy George. And, George, and Jerry goes, I love that George. Me too! And he's dying, Jerry! If Relationship George walks through this door, he will kill Independent George. A George divided against itself cannot stand. It is just a fantastic piece of television. All of that, that episode, and George's comments about, yes, worlds colliding and all that stuff, fantastic. And of course, at the end... It sort of works out for him, so it's okay, but just absolutely brilliant. And that episode is fantastic just for that. Uh, beyond that, what other episodes are? The Sponge, when you know Elaine has to decide whether who's someone is sponge-worthy or not, whether she's going to use the contraceptive to actually whatever. And then, of course, she does at the end with her current boyfriend, and then he decides to try his luck again in the morning, and she goes, ah, no, no, uh, I don't, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, the Bottle Deposit, where Elaine buys JFK's golf clubs for Jay Peterman, and lose, they're left in Jerry's car, Jerry's car gets stolen, uh, and then, as it turns out, uh, Kramer and Newman are taking all their bottles into state to get the uh, deposit back. And they end up behind this car and they chase him and he starts throwing the golf clubs out at them. And, of course, at the end of the episode, Elaine gets all the clubs back and gives them to JP. And, of course, they're broken, whatever. And he just goes, oh, I knew he had a temper, but I didn't imagine this. <laughs> then we have, obviously, uh, episode 24 the last episode of the series, which is titled The Invitations. And as it turns out, Jerry starts dating a girl who's just like him uh, and does has all the same sort of mannerisms, the same sort of quotes and um, snarkiness, I guess, in a little way. So, of course, they get engaged. They decide to get engaged. And it's all about buying the invitations. And, of course, George is scrimping on everything so the invitations he gets the cheapest ones susan of course doing out the invitations and licking the gum off the back of the envelopes which is then poisoned and kills her <laughs> so and they go to the hospital where susan's been taken and of course they say uh she's dead and uh i'm you know very sorry and then the four of them are standing there and jerry's now saying oh well i'm getting married and george says what are you going to do and Jerry says we had a pact, and George basically just says, "Well, want to get some coffee?" <laughs> and they walk with no cares in the world <laughs> at all. Uh, just a, and again, that was just a fantastic finish of the episode and the season. There was no way George could possibly get married, and they didn't push it beyond the boundaries that it needed to be. One season was perfect, 
And if they'd gone on to season eight with that still going on, then you just lose the whole momentum of everything. And now George could go back to being exactly the awful person that he is and um, use utilize the fact that his 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 uh, future wife had died and that he now didn't have a fiance and he could just get on with his life. It was just fantastic. So I'm going to have a quick run through season eight because believe it or not, None of my top 10 episodes are from season 8 at all. And that, again, it's interesting that like season 7 um, was, there was only one episode from season 7 um, that is in my top 10. But for me, I still think season 7 was perhaps the second best series of Seinfeld up after season 5, which I still think was my favourite. Um, it's just that all the episodes were so good across the board and only the one that really sort of, I guess, jumps out. And maybe that's part of it, that other series maybe aren't so good, but they had real gems in amongst it, which have sort of uh, jumped out at me. So, But season eight, uh, it's not bad. It's just there are no standouts that make this list. Uh, some good episodes, but none that are terrifically, amazingly hilarious or must-sees. Um, probably the best of them would be uh, episode three, which is The Bizarro Jerry. You may remember that that this is the one where Jerry was dating the woman with man hands. Uh, and so that was the running gag for Jerry through that episode. Uh, George uses a, a photo of a hot woman to date other women and then use his story of his fiance dying. And he got into this exclusive nightclub and was dating, you know, looking at models and dating models. And of course, then the photo died and he couldn't find them again. Uh, and of course, there was the other group, which is the title, The Bizarro Jerry. Elaine had another friend group with uh, The Bizarro Jerry, The Bizarro George, The Bizarro Kramer, uh, all not completely opposite from those other three, but much uh, less crazy. And of course, Elaine then becomes the out on the outer with that group. Episode eight is The Chicken Roaster, um, which was the Kenny Rogers chicken shop that was across the road and... Uh, the light was coming into Kramer's room and he couldn't sleep and he couldn't get out and he didn't. He wanted to get rid of it initially, but then he realised that he loved the chicken, so he didn't want to get rid of it. And Jerry started sleeping in Kramer's house, uh, unit. And of course, there's the scene where Jerry comes in exactly like Kramer is. <laughs> He's on no, I'm on no sleep, no sleep at all. <laughs> uh, and then episode sixteen is uh, the pothole. Um, that's where Jerry's dating the girlfriend who he knocks her toothbrush into the toilet and before he can retrieve it and throw it away, she's using it to brush her teeth, which he eventually tells her about. And then, of course, she then says, something of yours has just gone into the toilet and you'll never know what it is. And of course, he cleans out his whole house. <laughs> and, of course, the running gag at the end when she finally tells him is that it was the toilet brush. And he goes, ah, all right, I can replace that. <laughs> And that's where Kramer adopts the highway. He's got the, the mile of the, the highway and he, he turns it into, uh, is it three lanes instead of two or two lanes instead of one? Whichever one it is to make it really good for everybody. But of course, then there's the bottleneck when they go back into it and that creates problems at the end of the episode. Uh, episode 17 is The English Patient. That's where uh, Elaine goes to see the English patient and thinks it's awful when everybody else who's seen it just says, isn't it just wonderful and terrific? And she just says, no, it's crap. And I 
Elaine is completely 100% correct in this. It is an awful movie, and there is nothing good about it. Uh, and then, of course, she has to go see it with Jay Peterman again. <laughs> and, um, yes, that causes her problems at the end of that episode. And Jerry, of course, is having the problem with the metal bombs, which was uh, a fantastic episode where uh, Lloyd Bridges came in and... At, I don't know what age he was in his mid eighties or whatever, and of course he was saying he was going to train Jerry, and he's saying you think you're better than me? You think you're better than me? Of course, then he did his back, and he was in hospital, and then his son came in and said the same thing. Jerry, he said, yeah. so they ended up all in hospital. Um, <laughs> and his son, and then his father, and his grandfather. I don't know. Just uh, I thought that was really good, and Lloyd Bridges just was fantastic in one of his last roles, and. The last episode of the series, episode 22, The Summer of George. George finally gets um, put off by the Yankees, but he gets three months severance, so he just says, I'm going to really make something of this time. And so he's going to go play Frolf. He's going to go do this other stuff. He tries to help Jerry with his girlfriend and you know, and buying wedding invitations. Oh, no, sorry, uh, not wedding invitations. Uh, birthday invitations, was it? Not sure, can't remember now. Uh and he goes for the good ones, not the bad ones. But of course, then George uh, ends up falling down the stairs and he's in hospital for whatever long, three months. And so this was supposed to be the summer of George. And so George has gone full circle, walking out of the same hospital in the previous season on a high and now being kept in hospital <laughs> on a low. So season eight had some good moments. Uh, and like I said, it's not a bad series, but just none of the episodes really jump out at you as top shelf ones that you would choose to watch again and again and again. And so we come to season nine, the final season of Seinfeld. And it has some really brilliant work in this last series and some very average episodes. But it starts off really well. Episode 1, The Butter Shave, where Kramer starts using butter to shave, and of course he goes up onto the roof and he gets in the sun and he gets well and truly cooked, and of course his comment, stick a fork in me, Jerry, I'm done. And then Newman, of course, sniffing around saying, hmm, what do I see? What what do I smell? And of course, eventually decides he's going to eat Kramer. Uh, George, of course, has a cane because of his leg that he, hurt, that he broke at the end of uh, the last series. He gets a job because the company thinks he's handicapped and he then gets found out by when he's riding in a mobility scooter and, of course, uh, old people are chasing him, so he, he, his battery runs out, so he picks up the mobility scooter and starts running and uh, runs straight into his boss who's just, uh, <laughs> just hired him because he's handicapped. This was really good, a really good episode. This was actually another one that was very close to my top ten uh, overall, it was just a terrific episode. Episode three is the Serenity Now. Everyone knows the Serenity Now. Um, George's father going about Serenity Now, Serenity Now. Uh, episode eight is the Betrayal, which was the backwards episode. It's where George and his girlfriend and Jerry and Elaine go to Sue Ellen Mishki's Sue Ellen Mishki's wedding in India. Um, and, of course, that uh, saying that went all around through and we didn't find it till the end, which was the start, uh, that you can shove your sorries in a sack, mister, which is what Susan had initially told George many years before. And then we also found out that Elaine uh, drinks schnapps and can't 
help but open up her vault when she's drinking snaps. Anyway, that was a really good episode. Um, more from the quirks of it going backwards, I think. Uh, if it had been that same episode just being in normal order, it wouldn't have been as funny. So that was really well done. Uh, episode 9 is The Apology. That's where... Um, the woman at work with Elaine is a germaphobe and just thinks that Elaine's with so many men that she's just a, a germaphobe. Putty is also is a recovering germaphobe. James Spader is in the episode guest stars uh, and he's going through Alcoholics Anonymous, Anonymous. Wow, how good am I going? And he's going through the is it the twelve steps and he's reached step nine and he's gone past George. George didn't get his apology that he wanted and he. He's adding the whole episode to get his apology. Um, and Jerry has his naked girlfriend. And that's where we had uh, good naked and bad naked. So lots of good episodes there in the start again of Series 9. Uh, and then we get to what is my final great episode of Seinfeld, which is Season 9, Episode 10. And it is titled The Strike. Kramer, I got your message. I haven't celebrated Festivus in years. What is your interest? Well, just tell me everything, huh? Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. <laughs> I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> that must have been some kind of doll. She was. Well, happy Festivus. What is that? Is that the Paul? George, Festivus is your heritage. It is part of who you are. That's why I ate it. It's a big dinner Tuesday night at Frank's house. Everyone's invited. George, you're forgetting how much Festivus has meant to us all. I brought one of the cassette tapes. Read that poem. I can't read it. I need my glasses. You don't need glasses. You're just weak. You're weak. Leave him alone. All right, George. It's time for the Festivus Feats of Strength. Oh, no. Turn it off. No Feats of Strength. I'm Festivus. We had some good times. Yeah. <laughs> uh. This has lived with me for 25 years, this episode, and uh, the consequences of this episode. Now, everyone remembers, I think, that uh, Kramer actually goes back to work at H&H Bagels in this episode because he's been on strike for what the wage that they wanted to hit, and the minimum wage has finally got to what they're asking for 12 years previously, so he's going back to work. And everyone sort of says, you had a job, you, had, you used to work um so that's where kramer's story goes to start with elaine has written a phone number on the back of a a, a sub card where she's had 23 out of 24 subs and eat 24 subs then you got a free sub and she was so obsessed about getting this free sub even though jerry said i'll just go and buy you a sub that she has to get this card back so of course she's going through lots of people and she initially gives out the, the number at the bagel house for them to call there so she doesn't have to give this guy her number. Uh, so she's waiting at the bagel house as well, which is all very handy. 
Jerry's girlfriend is what they end up calling a two-face, that in certain light she can either look very plain or very beautiful, and Jerry has to find the places that have the right light for her so he can sit there with her and eat with her, and it ends up being in the back corner of the coffee shop, and that's where they end up going out all the time. <laughs> George, of course, uh, gives out cards uh, at work as Christmas gifts, claiming that he's given a donation to... The Human Fund. And of course, the Human Fund is completely made up by George. But the great line on it is, it's money for people. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just so brilliant. And of course, his boss, Kruger, Mr. Kruger, finds out. Initially, he gives George a check for $20,000 to give to the Human Fund. And George suddenly has visions of saying, oh, I could really become a thing here. I could, I could do this, and this would all be fantastic. Um, but, of course, Kruger does find out that it's, uh, it's false. Uh, but then George claims that um, he does this because of his religious sensibilities. He doesn't ha- he's not a Christian. He doesn't celebrate Christmas. He celebrates Festivus, and he uses that as his sanctuary. And that's what this whole episode is about. This is about Festivus, a Festivus for the rest of us. And Jerry Stiller, George's father, how brilliant is he in this episode? I mean, he's fantastic in this role the whole way through, but he really hits his stride in this episode. It's an absolutely groundbreaking episode for this because it's still something that we all most of us people who have watched Seinfeld will still, to a certain degree, might be a little bit just by remembering it or actually celebrating it. Everyone celebrates Festivus every year. And to today, yes, the aluminium pole, feats of strength, um, the airing of grievances, everything about that is just brilliant. And when they're all sitting down at the table at the end, and <laughs> that's where that all comes together, it is fantastic. What a brilliant episode. And... Uh, the fact that it's based on a real-life thing from one of the writers um, is even better. That, that just makes me even more happy about the whole thing. It's a great episode, and I'm just so glad that in this final series, they had an episode like this that they could hang their hat on, where everyone did so well, but it's all focuses just... It is about George, but it's it's not. Really, I mean, Jerry Stiller is the star of this episode. <laughs> Everything he does is just brilliant. And um, George's character, well, once again, you can see exactly how he ends up being the way he is. So this is it. This is the last. This is number 10 of my greatest 10 ever Seinfeld episodes. Uh, and surely, surely you all agree on this. And now as Festivus rolls on, we come to the feats of strength. Not the feats of strength. This year, the honor goes to Mr. Kramer. Oh, oh, gee, Frank, I'm sorry. I got to go. I have to work a double shift at H&H. I thought you were on strike. Yeah, well, I caved. I mean, I really had to use their bathroom. <laughs> Frank, no offense, but this holiday's a little out there. <laughs> Kramer, you, you can't go. Who's going to do the feats of strength? How about George? <laughs> Good thinking, Cougar. Until you pin me, George, Festivus is not over. Please, somebody stop this. Let's rumble! I think you can take him, Georgie. Come on, be sensible. Stop crying and fight your father. This is the best Festivus ever! 
So we move on in season nine and we go to, there are still other good episodes on here. Uh, the very next episode is episode 11, The Dealership. That's where Jerry goes to buy a new car from Putty, who is now not a mechanic anymore. He's now a new car salesman. Uh, George has the candy lineup because he keeps thinking that he everyone keeps stealing uh, the chocolates from him, especially the Twix, which is the... The only the only candy with the cookie crunch, I think, is the way he puts it. And he does the candy lineup to say which is going to be what, and then because they're all Twixes, you've all screwed me over again. And of course, Elaine breaks up with Putty halfway through this, so that means Jerry's getting dudded on stuff. He's got to get the all the undercoating and all that stuff that <coughs> he doesn't really need. And Kramer, of course, borrows the car with the other salesman and drives it until the fuel runs out. They're on empty and they see how far they can go with the big Thelma and Louise moment as they grab hands and try and decide to stay on the highway and keep going. And then Kramer, they stop and whatever, and Kramer just says, well, I'll get back to you, and he's off. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, look, episode 13 is called The Cartoon. Um, that's where George's girlfriend... Looks like Jerry. He's dating a girl that looks exactly like Jerry, and then she gets a haircut that makes her look a lot more like Jerry. So, of course, he's having a lot of problems with that. Uh, and Jerry's fighting Sally Weaver, who is doing her one-woman stand-up Why Jerry Seinfeld is the Devil. And, of course, he tries to do everything to stop giving her fuel for the fire, but everything he does backfires, and she has more to use for her stand-up. And it's uh, huge. So he wasn't happy with that. Uh... And episode 18, The Frogger, I guess that's where George and Jerry go back to their old pizza place and they find the Frogger machine where George has still got the highest score and he wants to, it's closing down, so he wants to take the Frogger machine home and hold on to that top score. And of course, um, the power pack doesn't work and it runs out and, and eventually the machine uh, goes down the cleaner. <laughs> but to be honest, as I sort of said before at the start, that Season 9 has some really good episodes, but then it has some fairly average episodes in it. And it really does run out of puff about halfway through. So the fact that there was, uh, I think, 22, 23 episodes again in this series, 13 episodes maximum would have made this finish off as a winner. Get rid of all the, the rubbish bits of episodes there and just cut it back to 13 and the series would have finished on an absolute high but as it stands from week to week you didn't know whether you were going to get an absolutely brilliant episode like say the dealership or your or the or um about the strike and that kind of stuff or whether you'd get a very average episode and you'd sort of think oh they're running out of ideas and that may well have been the case. They might have just got to the point where they were just running out of ideas and they didn't know how to finish it. Which brings us to the finale. Now, it was interesting with the finale because in Australia, as per usual, along with those who are old enough to remember the last episode of MASH, the episode aired in the US well before it reached Australia. So spoilers were available for those who were out there chasing him. And of course, the media were reporting them. So it was pretty hard to avoid finding out sort of what had happened before you actually got to watch the episode. Could the finale actually live up to the whole show itself, the whole nine seasons? And you honestly had to think that no matter what they came up with for the storyline of the last episode, you just felt it was going to be a letdown. 
you are hoping for something terrific when you you know I remember sitting there watching it the night it was on and hoping for something to be you know absolutely brilliant and in the long run got to the end and I just felt ah oh, that's how you finish it was interesting that in the end look Larry David returned and came up with the story um that the pilot had finally been picked up from season 4 I think that was um and that they then, of course, got into the plane because they were going to go to France before they'd filmed the pilot. The plane came down in this little town um, and they got their comeuppance because I guess that's what they wanted. They wanted that foursome to basically, who have basically had no regard for anybody <laughs> over the past nine years and they really wanted them all to get their comeuppance for what they have done over the last nine years. And bringing in the, the, the new Good Samaritan law in this small town so that they didn't help this person who was being robbed and so they go to jail for a year. There was a lot of callback from characters from all through the nine series, you know, memorable characters, uh, lots of repeating of all the great lines from the show and the catchphrases. Um, but like in the end, it really was just a disappointment. And honestly... Do I know how to make an ending better than that? It's 25 years now, but I even know 25 years ago, we used to sit around occasionally and discuss, could we have done better? Could we have come up with a better story uh, in that way? Now, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, All I thought at the time, I don't know about so much now, um, but I know at the time, all I thought was, it didn't need all these characters coming back. It didn't need a big twist ending, which is more or less what it is. The Good Samaritan Law seems like a good idea for an episode, but it gets caught up in trying to be too big and too fancy and and too much of a, a finale, basically, rather than just letting the story be the story and then get to the end and be what it is. Um, I know that I've read one fan theory through the years that suggests that uh, the plane when it came down when they were, it was having trouble that the plane actually does crash and all four dead and that they're actually just in purgatory um, which is a bit dark but I don't know maybe if you twisted that a little bit maybe that makes more sense than the Good Samaritan law <laughs> So there you have it. There's my top 10 episodes of all time. And just to recap really quickly, the Chinese restaurant, the parking garage, the subway, the parking space, the marine biologist, the Hamptons, the opposite, the race, the soup Nazi and the strike. Are there any that I waver on there? The only one there I think that I could possibly waver on is maybe the parking space. Uh, and perhaps something else could have come in to that. And 
And in that case, maybe it would possibly be the engagement that would actually come in and take its place. But I'm still fairly comfortable with the parking space overall. Um, so my question to you, dear listener, to those of you who have bothered to get through not only this episode, but the other two episodes involved, do you agree with those selections? Do you think there are other episodes that I have mentioned that should be in front of the ones that are in my top 10? Or are there ones that I have not mentioned that should be there? Now, obviously, the contest is one that will always um, come up in these conversations. And like 9 out of 10 people probably would have the contest in that top 10. Uh, I choose not to. Not choose not to run, but I choose not to have that in there. Um, And that's not being picky that's just that for me it's not these other episodes have more to them than that actual episode so perhaps i hope that this has brought up conversation with you and your family or your friends about what you consider to be the best episodes of all time on seinfeld and perhaps go back and catch up with a few episodes and remember just how brilliant this show was Uh, and how groundbreaking it was, and how good not just, I guess, those four main actors were in this, but the supporting cast as well. Um, Because apart from Jerry Seinfeld, who was not really an actor at all, he is a stand-up comic, everybody else was an actor of some description, whether it be in TV series or movies or on Broadway. Um, So they all had great training and were fantastic in their own roles. Uh, so, And you look at what they've done since then, like Jason Alexander's gone back to the stage and won Tony's. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus has done um, other TV shows. Veep, if anyone's not seen Veep, then that is well worth checking out. Um, Jerry himself, if you go out and you see um, comedians in cars getting coffee or whatever it's called like that, that's a terrific series too. That's that's very funny and there's a lot, a lot of great episodes in that. I really think maybe I should do one of these things for that show because that's just so good. More than anything else, I hope that you've enjoyed the journey and that you've enjoyed listening to me ramble on about what I think are the best parts of the show and that I hope that you'll get in a discussion with other people, perhaps with me one day, about what you think about those shows. Not my mother. I don't need her telling me that I'm wrong anymore. I've had it for almost 54 years now. Um, You can give it a rest now, Mum. Thank you. Alrighty, thank you for listening to the end and whatever I come up with next for the next episode, I really hope that you tune in as well and listen to that and if you enjoy this, please pass it on to your friends and get them to listen as well. It's not a big deal, I do this because I love doing it and I have a lot of fun doing it, but it's nice for other people to listen to it as well. Cheers again for being here and I hope you turn up for the next episode of Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. Cheers. You have been listening to a Metal Cavern production.